<laughs> you know what? This is my first smooth operation in Ferrari. Smooth operation. Lights out and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis. And I'm Tim Lewis. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're back with a very exciting race recap reaction chat for the Singapore Grand Prix. And as our little intro clip suggested, we're here in celebration that the mighty Red Bull has finally fallen. Mm, mighty fall. Mighty fall. And it was the trampling, prancing red horse of Ferrari and specifically Mr. Smooth Operator Carlos Sainz <laughs> picking up his second win in a very interesting fashion. But before we get into how Sainz conquered Max and the machine that was Red Bull, it really was more Red Bull just dropping out. They just sat up. Something happened, and I wasn't expecting that. Well, I mean, nobody was expecting. No that. way, not like that. I mean, Red Bull did hint that you know this was going to be one of the more challenging races for their car and the setup, um, but nobody. I mean, nobody was expecting that. What, I, about, what was about the setup that was? The what I had heard was, um, it's their ride height that mm. they have the lowest ride height. Of any of the cars, mm -hmm. which is also why they have the best aero of any car. Um, but the street course and the way the course is at Singapore specifically, they had to run a higher ride height. And the reason they had to run a higher height, higher ride height is if they wouldn't have the planks, the titanium planks on the bottom that you see the sparks come off of when the cars bottom out. They would have worn past the point of like the regulations. They would have worn too much of that plank off, and I'm pretty sure this was on the race that I heard this. Um, but that would have resulted in a disqualification. disqualification. It's yeah. like when Vettel didn't have fuel. You or Max mm -hmm. last year in Singapore that when he had to abandon the um, his flying lap because they needed to conserve fuel because there there's all these regulations of how much the car can weigh and, mm -hmm. you know, very specific things. And if they would have ran the ride height, it would have worn that through. And I guess same thing was at at Belgium, that they, both Max and Checo, were lifting through on Rouge for the exact same reason. It's not that they couldn't have taken it flat out. It was that if they would have, they would have, again, worn the plank down mm -hmm. to a point where it would have disqualified them from the race. So that meant running the car in a in a setup that was not conducive to very grippy, normal Red Bull. Yeah, is that because the course in Singapore is kind of bumpy and... I, 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 mean, it, I mean, it's a bumpy... I mean, it, rough. I don't... Re I never really got a really good explanation, but it was a character... It was... It really, took him, it really took him out of out their, of their strength, their, their aero package strength. That and I mean... Everybody's saying, you know, because there was the the FIA released their, um, I forget what their dirt technical directive mm -hmm. this week right before the Singapore race as well. 
about flexi wing. So everybody's saying, see, I knew Red Bull was cheating. And it was this flexi wing component that the FIA has forced them to change. And now they're, they're out and they're going to be out of pace for the rest of the season. But I don't think it's that. Red Bull doesn't think it's that. Other teams in the paddock have said that the changes that were needed for this aero technical directive for the floor, it wouldn't be that. And they ran that because they had that new floor, but they ended up running the old floor anyways. So it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a couple of teams and, and I mean, that, that has to have some change. It can't, you can't change something about the car, but I don't think it's, I mean, we really won't know till, till right. after Suzuka. Right. I mean, if it, if the technical directive really played that big of a role, then this will be a reproducible drop off again for Red Bull, right? Yeah. From everything that I've listened to and heard, and I just don't, I don't, I don't think, A, I don't think the FIA would want to really do that. They'd, w- I mean, yes, they don't want Red Bull to win every single race, but they don't want to, I mean, you're, you're messing with the actual fundamentals of the sport if you start tampering with teams just because they're doing too good yeah my my gestalt is that it was you know one of them things i think i mean the i think it just they just missed the setup yeah but and it, it and it just goes to show if anything this does highlight how good of a job max and red bull have done to this point mm-hmm. is that if you can miss the setup and be that bad because I mean, let's not let's let's talk about qualifying because it was so good. Liam Lawson out qualifying Max for stopping. I mean, do you let's just take ourselves back to that night because I remember we called, I called you yeah. right after I finished watching yeah. qualifying, and uh, or that morning, I guess. Well, it was night in Singapore, but um, I said go watch. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Well, and the, the other thing about Lawson. Singapore was only his third F1 qualifying stint, and he had never driven the Singapore circuit, the Marina circuit. The, the Some, I mean, that guy's got something, man. Well, well, it's like okay, so we have we have uh, well, and and Sonoda topped Q1. In Q1, Sonoda had top of the top of the board, mm-hmm. and then. I mean, Stroll's crash, man. Oh, my gosh. What a what a heavy crash that was. Yeah, that was a little scary. I, I the To highlight how safe these cars have gotten, I think Brundle said it 10 years ago, that guy's dead. Oh, yeah. He said, I mean, that's almost identical to the way we lost um, Dale Earnhardt. Exactly. that They did reference that crash, and that was, in fact, it was Earnhardt's wreck in that nascar race that uh, led to the development of the hans device which is well it's that um like that collar that they wear and then it comes up the back of the helmet and then there's a strap and what it does is it prevents the head from snapping forward violently in a you know a head-on or a uh, a flat out straight on into the wall crash because it basically just snaps the spinal cord in half and that's what killed Dale Earnhardt. I mean, and and now we're in an era where Lance Stroll walks away from yeah, that too. He just walks away and is able to go racing. Well, I mean, he did they didn't he did not enter into the Singapore Grand Prix. 
both, I think, because of how extensive the car damage was. And also, I think he was... I mean, you, yes, he lived, but there's still no escaping hitting a wall at 150 miles an hour. Well, and just the he's, psychological. He's going to be sore. Well, sore. Can you imagine what a nightmare that must have been? Oh, my God. Because, I mean, that was violent. That, I mean, it was. there was so much force and impact that it broke the tether on that new tether system. Which, yeah, the which wheel. has been doubled. From in, what I understand, in its, strength. It, its strength has been doubled since whenever. So, very eventful qualifying. I think it was one of the most, one of the, t- it was the next tightest qualifying session to uh, Monza. I think Monza Probably. was overall closest, but the top three was even closer because I think it was seven one hundredths of a second separated the top three. And that's now Carlos Sainz' third time out qualifying Charles Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Mr. One Lap, Mr. Unbelievably Quick. I think, and I've, I know you all have heard me say this, but I've been saying this and I'm going to keep saying it. Carlos Sainz is the better driver. At least at the moment, he is the better driver. He's really making a push. And if he can continue his normal trajectory of just continuing to get stronger and stronger and stronger, how does Ferrari not sign him to a big extension? I don't see it. I mean, I think I think the hot seat is the one that's under Leclerc's butt, it would seem. I don't think Leclerc's ever going to lose his seat, but I don't I don't think that he should be the de facto number one driver. If anything, it should be Rosberg-Hamilton level of whoever whoever wins, wins, yeah. guys. I'm not, we're not going to play teams. Right. But if you don't sign both Leclerc and Sainz back up for big contracts, I think you're really missing out. Unless there's some sort of team dynamic thing going on that we don't. I know Sainz was very unhappy earlier in the year because of that differential treatment that they gave Leclerc. And maybe... Maybe they said, we'll do better. Show us that we can't um, treat Leclerc better than you. And look at the performance he's on. He has come back from summer on fire. He's putting together the pieces that he's been lacking, I think. He's showing showing he can be quicker than Leclerc over one lap. He's always shown he has a better race craft and strategy mind than Leclerc, mm-hmm. and with this win and the way he absolutely called every shot of the win, he absolutely, I think, deserves to be on equal footing, if not a little bit heading above, head above Leclerc. Well, certainly being where they're more shoulder to shoulder and none of this team order stuff, go racing, boys. And, I mean, to be fair, Leclerc really did play the team game in that first stint mm-hmm. and did a good job. I th- I just think, but it just showed that, and maybe it was the running in dirty air, but he had he definitely didn't have, they, ha- they were on the same tire strategy, mm-hmm. and Leclerc was not able to put up a, a, a sufficient defense against both of the Mercedes. They pa- I mean, I think Russell only lost two-tenths of a second, to science when he was battling with Leclerc mm-hmm. on that that charge, but we're getting. I mean, it was brilliant. 
Yeah, well, it was, I thought, what, first 20 laps or so, oh, this is a snoozer. I mean, we <laughs> had the safety, we had we had a little bit of contact, a little bit of safety car, but everybody, you know, we're all elated and talking about how, what, I mean, everything I heard, best Grand Prix of the year, best Grand Prix of the year, oh, yeah. and it was very, very close to not being one of the best Grand Prix of the year because science and the, the I mean, the basic Ferrari strategy, they knew they had to run really slow. I mean, we should I should have looked up what they were lapping, but wasn't it like in the 140s or something? Oh, it was significantly slower paced than in past years. Um, but... As it will come to understand, as we go through, that this was well. I mean, I just remember at one point Brundle said, "You have to get a calendar out instead of a stopwatch to be timing <laughs> the laps science is putting in." Yeah, and right. I think uh, that's a good one. Wasn't wasn't it like uh, also like a uh, they rest the Mercedes pit wall message George and he said, you know, science is pace managing. He says he has a second in hand, and he said, "I'm." I thought he wouldn't have said two. Yeah. I thought yeah. he had two, two seconds. seconds yeah. But there, it was actually really smart when you think about it is that they knew, and as we saw at the end of the race, how drastically powerful the undercut would have been. Mm. Ferrari knew that they, if they just kept the race very processional, kept the, the pack bunched up, that you would be forced to go long to tire, tire manage because pitting would have, you know, effectively put you in dead last. And so, yeah, you would have been on way fresher tires, but you would have chewed, chewed them up getting through all the traffic mm -hmm. before you were even back in the same position you there were was in no, before you pitted. You know, the, they talk about the pit delta. Oh, it's, it is the long, one of the longest. Longest ones, and that's a part of the undercut strategy is that you have enough of a lead or that you come in under a safety car where which there's a cuts. 100% safety car record at Singapore. Right. And um, but if you don't if everybody's so bunched up there's not enough time between and the next thing you know you're running toward the end of the pack and with the tire dag and and, and the way that track plays out there's just no way you can make up those that those positions if you don't have a good undercut. And so that strategy from Ferrari was just, it might have been the first real good thing. I mean, strategy it, for two years. It, it was about time, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they were, they were sounding like they might have, uh, were got a little ahead of themselves because what, when was it when, um, they were saying, um, you know, you're, you're uh, hold. You're slowing down, or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, you're you're careful. You're giving DRS <laughs> to Norris, and he's like, "I'm doing it on yeah, purpose." purpose. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you that it's him. Yeah, he knows what's going on. And it was so brilliant to 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 give that DRS to Norris because it effectively Norris is going to use it. I don't think Norris had the tires either yeah. to go after. Science, or else he would have. We know that he would have. But it gave him it gave him enough to keep him along because you know if if Russell would have been able to dispatch Norris the same way he dispatched Leclerc, we're looking at a George Russell win easily. I think with 
what was it, three, five laps left in the race, Science Radio, my tires are gone. My mm-hmm. front fronts are gone. Yeah. And I mean, I think he was praying for a safety car. And every and then we have a couple. Botas retired. We saw a couple yellow sectors go. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine just pr- praying for a safety car and yellow sectors. And then, you know, Botas goes, oh, I'll just, my gearbox will go, but I'll just slip off in this escape road and help my boy Hambo now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, I just, it was a brilliant move to back off just enough to give Norris DRS, to keep dragging him along, to keep, you know, giving giving him something to battle with uh, the the Mercs. Even, and, and I mean, we have to talk about it because that late safety car or VSC, I mean, it saved everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was a brilliant strategy tip off to Mercedes as well because they, they planned that. From qualifying, because they saved those mediums. They they suffered through a, a hard Q two or whatever, whichever I forget which thing. But everybody was making a big deal about how they they went out on scrub softs, um, which shows that they have some good pace in that car again. Mm-hmm. That their development is really coming along. That they can you know get through. It wasn't too long ago where they needed multiple sets of fresh softs to get through a qualifying session. Um, but they, they made a big point to save that sauce, hoping for the literal exact scenario that played out. I mean, it couldn't have worked any better. Maybe a couple laps earlier, we would have seen a very different outcome too. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that uh, part of the, some of the pundits are talking about really, if a little bitty thing would have gone a little different that Mercedes could have been one too. Oh, easily. And so, I mean, um, if science would have made any error, mm-hmm. that whole race, I mean, to run that slow, if you make one mistake, you're past then. Now the whole thing opens up because if Mer- if George or, because George is P2, if George would have gotten uh, by on oh, uh, in that first stint, their tire day was so much less than Ferrari's mm-hmm. that they would have been able to run a different, a completely different strategy, and had the only set of fresh mediums as well, it would right. have been game over. That was what gave him the half a chance for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, I remember on that charge when they came back out from the pit stop, they were thirteen seconds behind, and I remember, I mean, they were taking three seconds a lap. You know, there was one one sector. Or one lap, a couple of laps there where they were taking a second out of the middle sector alone mm-hmm. on science. And I, I think there was one lap, and I can't remember who was lapping four seconds faster. Was that the that one? was Max? Matt, when I mean, that was the other thing is that it could have been a completely different race too if that safety car came. The couple laps earlier, because I think it was only like, I want to say it was within five laps, if I remember correctly, of of Red Bull finally saying, okay, we've hung this out as long as we can on these cards. We're just getting passed by every single, mm. I mean, I, boy, think, they I were. think Lawson passed. Oh, it was. I mean, they were, it was, that was so crazy to see. I think it was, it was one of the guys on, uh, I think I, I listened to Dax Shepard's new F1 podcast. 
which is really great. It's called F one E F F one with DRS, and because his initials spell DRS, Dak mm-hmm. Shepard. Um, but Jethro Bovington, from it, he's a car journalist. He's he does it with him. He's on the American Top Gear with him. Oh, okay. It's really I I really enjoy it. I've only listened to one episode, but hats off. But they were talking that it was really wild to watch cars pass a Red Bull. Like, there were more Red Bull passes in this one race than I think there's been all season. Yeah, it was... That's where the race really started to charge up. You know, after the 20 laps or so, where it was Snorfest, they yeah. started really lighting up. But, I mean, if that if that safety car would have happened when they were still on hards and they mm-hmm. were able to go onto mediums, mm-hmm. it would have been a completely different story because Max actually, I mean... It was abysmal compared to the rest of his season where he qualifies pole, wins by 20 seconds. But his pace, his race pace on that medium in that second stint, I mean, he went from like 13 to fourth. I mean, he went on an absolute tear. Let's let's not discredit the guy, but we're not here to talk about how great Max is. We're here to talk about how bad Red Bull is, which we forgot our moment with Martin because it was <laughs> one of the great oh. moments with Martin's. So we'll just play that when Don't talking. wait any longer. You're not like... Oh, God. Which one? Max is still struggling for grip. What on earth's going on? That thing looked like it, like a gecko in superglue. It had so much grip uh, previously this season. That <laughs> was when he was slip sliding around uh, in qualifying, man. And then... But it is true. I mean... Yeah. And that's that's also why we'll know it's Suzuka, because Suzuka is such a high downforce track mm-hmm. that we'll 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 see. And I think it will be a return. Unfortunately, I hope not. Like I would love it if this was the chink in the armor. Yeah. And the you know we have a much closer battle, even if it's closer. You know. Right. Even if well, we have the, no, you know, instead of winning by. 27 seconds or yeah. whatever. It's 13 seconds or, over Perez, yeah, who's, who's 12 seconds ahead of yeah, Le- the next yeah. person. Um, so it, it, uh, and then Suzuka, I mean. It's just one of the all-time greats. I've already, you're already starting to see, you know, fan yeah. hats. And the stuff. hat race. I, that, wait, to, wait till you see this. If, it, if, you, is this, if this will be your first race, Jap- Japanese Grand Prix, at Suzuka, wait till you, you see what? the fans, man. It's a mind blower. I was listening to the race today, and they were talking about it. That and it, and I mean, popularity has waned in recent years, but at one point there was such a high demand to go to that race that it was a lottery based ticket system. No kidding. Yeah, you for every seat, it was lottery based. Oh, it's and now I guess it's. I don't think it's that way anymore, is what they were saying. But it, I mean, I want. I would love to go. My, I mean, well, how many grandstands did they add? I mean, I'm sure they're adding more grandstands to put more butts in the seats. They're going to add. They're going to add more grandstands to Singapore. I can tell you that. Oh, baby! Back to Singapore because we have to talk about the obvious bummer. That if you're wondering, oh man, and you missed it, why? Did, what happened to George Russell's podium? He threw it in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I really haven't seen or heard a great explanation for that i don't think i, other I don't than think a he has one i think it was really interesting because all throughout the race brunda was talking about um you know these um 
when you do these street circuits and sometimes they can be quite mesmerizing, um, he says it's very easy that when you're, especially when you're following that closely, that you kind of get sucked in. Oh, yeah. And I wonder, and if you noticed at the end of the race and during the press conference too, Norris, and if you watched on replay back, Norris clips the wall just before him. That's right. And I wonder if he was just so in that, in this like tunnel vision zone. Well, that's, that's what, that happens when you're driving. Oh, yeah. You can see it. And sometimes you might even experience where if people veer, you tend to follow them or you see yeah. something on the side of the road, you kind of gravitate toward it. And it was a brought up in, um, actually, it was a weekend warm up, uh, Formula One uh, weekend warm up. Where there's another another Brundle given commentary uh, for Formula One, and he was explaining how that issue where Norris binked the wall, but Norris made up for lost time and definitely hammered the wall. Yeah, yeah. What was it, Brundle? I mean, but I mean, that's the this is the margins that we're playing with here too. I mean, we I know I I beat this horse every every week, but I still it still is why I'm here in the sport is that. The margins that we're playing with, the extremes to which we go in is maybe maybe Russell was one centimeter more yeah, closer to the wall or on entry to that turn. And that's broken suspension yeah. straight into the barriers, yeah. end of race. One one millimeter, one centimeter. And wh- well, how many turns was he? Who, that was it. I think uh, it was, I want to say it was four turns. I mean, because it was enough that they yeah. didn't red flag. If it would have been, you know, even half race, half lap distance, there would have been a, a flag thrown. Yeah, but that heartbreaking. But again, that is the incredible, um, just allure of Formula One. But I mean, that's yeah. That the guy ahead of you can shave the the paint off the wall, and you follow suit, and you're millimeters deeper into the tur- into the wall and you break suspension and you're off. There was just so my- many it is, it it is why I think street circuits are so cool too is that there was a lot of I mean Gasly had that moment in qualifying where he was on the wall and you know there was I mean the the stroll crash I mean it does I think highlight it it does re and this this Singapore Grand Prix because of strolls crash really does highlight the danger and the skill i mean when you think about the fact that their knees are above their shoulders when they're in those cars i mean you cannot see where your front tire hits the ground think about that you can't you can barely see out of those things they're so fast there's so much g-forces the walls are right there it's a it and then you throw on the heat we haven't even talked about the heat oh yeah and the, the physical, physical exhaustion. I mean, maybe, you know, couple that with Russell's tunnel vision and everything. And the fact that he just took, you know, he went on a tear 13 seconds down to, at one point, one second separated the top four of that field during that final stint. I mean, it's like, I can't believe he hit the wall. And I'm like, I can't believe they all didn't, didn't hit, hit the all wall. the walls. Oh, gosh. No doubt. Um, it was, I mean, I, 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 my, my heart did break for Russell. And it was, you know, he did, he is a very emotional guy. And I think 
I did really feel for him. I mean, but, you know, that's, them's is the breaks, you know? And it it was really weird. And I th- somebody else brought this up. I think it was on uh, the Dak Shepard podcast. But Lewis was really bummy bummed in the cool down room. Like, wasn't talking. It felt really weird. Mm. And then one of the guys on that podcast brought up the fact that if you watch the podium, Mercedes isn't there celebrating, which is really odd. And it was weird. If they if they were all, like, consoling Russell and no one was there to celebrate your first podium, or not your first, I guess it wasn't their first podium this season, but no. it was still a, a rare, it, was, it hasn't been, they haven't been on the podium all that much. Well, I heard there was, and I think it was on that weekend warm-up podcast, there was some explanation as to why that happened, where the the crew was delayed and just getting there just from volume of people or something. Oh, interesting. And that it wasn't anything that was Maybe specific. he was spent, too. Well, yeah, I mean. I would be. He'd, I mean. It was funny how... Um, how much better Hamilton looked in that final push before Russell's crash. It looked like, I think that's where you, you were really actually starting to see Hamilton's real skill. Mm. I think George is immensely quick. I think he is an absolute talent. There's no doubt about that. But I think Hamilton can drive at a pace, and Russell can drive at that pace as well, but it seemed like toward the end, Hamilton had more energy, had more left in the tires, and was able to attack a little bit more in that final stint. Yeah, well, and then the other thing that was commented on was how calm Hamilton was at the end, yeah. where he was he felt he was faster than George, but just basically gave a very calm radio communique. Yeah. That, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but it wasn't, you know, kind of... I think he was like, Russell needs to hurry this up, though. <laughs> well, or maybe he knew that he saw how squirrely Russell was. Yeah. And, and the handwriting was on the wall that I'm not going to get too bent out of shape because I don't know if George is going to be able to stay on course. And he didn't. Uh, I don't know. But it yeah. it was really brilliant to watch. And then we, I mean, we, I can't believe we haven't even talked about the fact, you know, Norris seemed to drive it a pretty invisibly great race as well, though. Um Really awesome, and it was so cool to see uh, Carlando up on the podium. <laughs> really good friends for those of you who listen but don't really know, but they were they used to be teammates at McLaren, and and really developed a really tight friendship over the years. And you could just you could just see it. I mean, it was weird that you they were almost communicating with each other, you know, telepathically. Yeah. When he was dropping in to give him the, I mean, he knew it. He says, and then science dropped back and gave me DRS. Like it was a great move. Mm-hmm. I still can't get over that call though. That was, that was great. That, yeah, that he science just knew every tidbit above and beyond the strategists and everything. You know, it seems. And no, he's always he been. He he's always and he's been done like that. that. He's done that. The one that sticks out is Monaco a couple of years ago in mm. the rain and when it was drying. Mm. And he says, "They're like coming for this." And he's like, "No, we're going straight to sauce. You're not. No, yeah, we're not blowing this." Well, and, and it, sign and Leclerc didn't. Leclerc is usually the one going. What should we do? What do you guys think? Oh, mm. I'm just driving. You know, yeah. and science is like, "Yeah, I'm driving too," and I'm I'm thinking this out. 
Well, you know, it's kind of like Alonso. Very. It's the same way. Totally on top of the details. But that, what's going on with uh, uh, Aston Martin? You know, with, speaking of Alonso. And I mean, I, I, I cannot believe that Science still has a drive there. That's all I can say. Oh, you say. mean Stroll? Or yeah, Stroll yeah. still has a drive there. But before we talk about people who did bad, we got to talk about others that did really well. Uh, I think Kevin Magnuson really stuck out, out-qualified Hulkenberg, um, drove a really hard race, a lot of good scraps, ended up getting points for Haas. I mean, that was that was a big result for that team. I can see the drive to survive already in Gunter and everything. Another one that just showed some amazing skill was Oscar Piastri, P7. Seeing as how he was knocked out in Q1, he had work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, him, both him and Botas got hung out on the red flag. Um, boy, the other thing we didn't talk about is how close was it? I think it was Leclerc or some, it may have been even been Piastri, but he was like only like 50 meters behind science when that crash happened. Hmm. How lucky was that to not get taken out as well? Tire bouncing in your head. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, cars had to drive through. Uh, I know at least one or two cars had to drive right through all that carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine getting pelted by carbon fiber and, and crap at 150 miles an hour? I don't know. They always talk about how the shards are, they just are so sharp. And the way they lay on the on the tarmac is that, you know, it sets up for punctures. It's just, oh, yeah. And um, that was, I, in, I've noticed this season that, that red flags have gone out way faster than in years pr- in years prior. Right. Where, where, who was the one who lost their front wing and drug it virtually all around? Joe. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was Joe. Remember that? Yeah. And I'm going, and they were talking. Yeah. How, just how did debris that not, everywhere? Yeah. It was weird because he he made it all the way back. That was the original mm-hmm. safety car. Yeah. Um. He made it all the way back before they red flagged it, and I was like. You know you're, I guess, yeah. I like how I said that no, right after. No, it was Sergeant Logan Sargent went into the, the wall at turn eight and drug his front wing. It was up underneath the right pod, I think. I had never seen that Not last like that. that long. Yeah, usually they just disintegrate. Yeah. But in this case, Or it get was, caught. Or, Like, yeah. just get caught on a, something and pop the car pop up. Pop the and car up, and yeah. And so, um, but that was a lot of debris on the track, but it didn't seem to affect anybody. No, nah, that was weird. I don't, there was no real, I don't remember puncture issues being a no. factor after that. So, but he was able to get back and therefore get a wing change. And I think, I mean, I think Sargent's gone next year. I find it hard. I, if I was them, I'd be really, really talking to Lawson. I mean, because let's say Lawson has done more to show that he deserves that seat in three races than Sargent's done in 15. Um, yeah, they address this on the, they address this on the, uh, the weekend warmup that it's kind of like it's time for Logan Sargent to really come through or it's over. 
for him. And I, in, I mean, we're seeing it. I, I mean, as much as I'd like to see an American stay on the grid and everything, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to see a bad American. Stay. <laughs> it's I mean, that's just, in, that, that just enforces the stereotype. Yeah. yeah uh, but, uh, I also thought that, uh, it, it was a real bummer that we didn't get to see a, it was another race where Sano didn't finish a single lap. Oh yeah. Without all by not by any of his doing. No, and it was really funny when he when he retired off that opening lap and he says puncture puncture and I think uh what's the name of the strategist announcer that they picked up on Sky? Oh, Bernie Collins. Bernie Collins. And she goes she goes since when is a puncture uh, enough for a retirement? <laughs> but apparently it was he was it was his the whole side pod of the car was torn open. Okay. By Perez. Perez was passing, sending moves that, I mean, and he ended up getting a penalty, a, a five second penalty when he was five seconds ahead. So, yeah, that I think, was ridiculous. I think, uh, I think it was the younger Brundle during the weekend warm up says, yeah, he was punted off the course. He yeah. Was, he that was, wasn't a, that wasn't a racing. He was move. never making that move. Mm. And poor Albon. Well, and Albon fought, fought all the way back, too. Of course, he started to slack off ever since I picked him up for my... He almost caught K-Mag at the, at the very end there. I think it was by one-tenth of a second. And I think also it was like one or two tenths that Max didn't pass Charles as well. Max almost got P4. And mm. the end of that race, he was right there at the end. Um, yeah, that was actually that was pretty fun to watch. It was really, uh, I mean, it was really fun to watch. All of this, it was there was so much good scrapping going on for a street circuit where no passing happens. Oh yeah, remember? Oh god, who was it's it? It's basically like Monaco. There's no passing. I was like, no, Singapore has always been an amazing race. Yeah, it always there's always something great happening in Singapore. Yeah. I'm sorry, there well, just is. There was one, I made a note here on lap 37. What? Where it was um, Alonzo, Ocon, and Perez were all in this tight, well-raced, very professionally done scrap. Oh, man. That went for turn after turn after turn. And, yeah, like you said, for a, a, a race course that's not known for that kind of thing. That was... If, if you haven't seen the race yet, and go, Ocon, take it, I, make my attention. Heart was broken yeah. when his car pooped out on him. Yeah, Alpine looked real strong. It was a real great Alpine race. We had Gasly in P six, and I think you know Ocon would have been up there. I mean, the Red Bulls had a had a hard time with it. Ocon. Has always been a very good defensive driver, and I think it's just like he has that kill switch in him, like where it's like. Nothing is getting past me. <laughs> like, we're crashing. He's very defensively aggressive like Max is mm-hmm. on passing. Where he's or, like, nope, I don't. Or it's Perez. Not yeah, it's not. Ha- yeah, Perez. <laughs> Perez. He, he tends not to punt other drivers. But that doesn't off. work if you get penalties all yeah, the time. I mean, right, it, yeah. It, pe- these five-second penalties are a joke, man. If you're ruining someone's race, you got to. Yes. Something's. You got, your penalty actually has the count and I think Marquis or um, one of the other race guys brought up a, an excellent point that you're setting a very dangerous precedent for faster cars to just 
caused incidences that they know they're going to walk. They're going that if they're in the faster car out of pay out of place, they're just going to cause an incident, break a rule, to get ahead because they'll they'll overcome the penalty that they're going to accrue anyway. So it's a net positive, and I think that that's a really dangerous precedent to be setting. And they need to really because it's been three or four races now where there's yeah. been some really, you know. I mean, it, one driver's out and the other driver gets a five-second penalty. And yeah. It, it and just you know, isn't... The one thing I, in regards to that, the one thing I haven't heard about, don't the, each license carries a certain amount of points? Yeah, they're super licensed. Super licensed. And if you piss away the points, then you're disqualified for a race or, or something yeah, like that. But I've heard no talk of when something so blatant as what Perez did Yeah, I think that should have... We no. can look back. Maybe they did because usually, I mean, you need to have. I think you have to have an like a penalty or an incident investigation in order to for the stewards. And it's to like do. what four or five points is all you get a year. Or? I think it's six. But still, I don't know. Start for a whole for a twenty-four races season. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, Gasly was dangerously close, and it's a year. It's not just a season. It's a year from the event, so it's not like all I have to do is get yeah. to. Get to Melbourne next year. Maybe that's the Bahrain next year. It's like no, if it happened in November, you have to get all the way to November. You don't get your points back till the year, not yeah. the season. Because it just season. doesn't seem like there's with these little piddly diddly five second uh, penalties, even a ten second penalty. It just it just there's no justice in it because if you knock somebody out who is competitive, well, I mean, it, and, yeah. And if you're uh, gonna be if you're gonna be able to drive away like Perez yeah. did, I mean he got a five second penalty, but he was eight seconds ahead. So it's right. like so it, it absolutely didn't affect his race, but totally destroyed Sonoda's race. Yeah. Um, we also have to talk about if we're talking about all the winners of this race, we have to talk about the very clear and definite losers, and that is Aston Martin. Yeah. What has I mean? That was something that we, you know, that was brought up too, is that, okay, we all, you know, even Max said, it's very unlikely that we're going to win every race. I mean, it started to look very likely that way, but I mean, weren't we all, I mean, I think collectively we could all say that we were all going to say that if that was going to happen, the Spanish driver deposing him of that first place wasn't science that it was actually going to be. Mm -hmm. Fernando... And uh, it's and instead of being the guy who did it, you end up being in P fifteen, dead last. Well, you know, and and, the, and this was kind of hinted to at the beginning of the season, where it was felt that Aston Martin was bringing in major, major upgrades early. Yeah, but there was no plan to carry through the rest of the season, and then we saw. McLaren make this massive jump. And from what I understand, they're having an equally massive upgrade for Suzuka here for the Japanese. Yeah. And in fact, there's um, virtually everyone may on their race prediction for the weekend warm up was uh, talking about either Piastri uh, or Norris winning 1 2. Or Verstappen too. I think and the McLaren's bookending. Merce Mercedes is going is looking really tight, really fast too. And Ferrari. This is 
Oh, it's gonna, what if <laughs> we just have a five-way battle? Oh, man. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I think the other thing that you have to look at, though, too, is not... I mean, there is still limitations at Aston Martin that haven't come good. They still don't have the wind tunnel that they're building. That goes online next year. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have the the actual manufacturing ability and resources to compete with a, a McLaren, that whole a Ferrari. Is, that whole complex that they're building is still under construction. I got to find this video and show it to you of if it shows, and this was a couple of years ago, but it shows Renault, the, the, it, it shows the, the, the from start, from like concept and CAD to finish product of a bolt being made mm. of oh, a yeah. singular bolt. I saw that. And the tolerances and the measurements and the, the steps and steps and steps that that one bolt goes through. And that's what you talk about, about resources and development and stuff is that we forget that, that we have like that every single part of that car, every single part is bespoke and built for that car and that car alone and was developed in house it's not like there's a a, a transmission a parts bolt. bin somewhere. You just go grab a fistful of bolts. Yeah, yeah. Or that you yeah. walk down to the racing auto parts store. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking for a 2024 flange joint nut. You know, <laughs> like no, everything's made, and that takes manpower, time, resources, and so, you know, I think Mike Crack and the rest of the guys when they go to Papa Stroll and they go. You know how we were forecasted to to come in second. Well, we're looking like fifth. But 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 if you remember, we didn't. We barely finished seventh last year. We just jumped two. We're doing so great. I don't think. I think based on how good they did early on in the season, actually shoots them in the foot for making that case now. Mm. And the other thing that I mean, and this, and we talked about this a little bit last time too, is it should also force them to look at Stroll Jr. Mm-hmm. and say we would be in second if Kiddo here would have gotten any points or even a marginally better than to Alonzo. Not even the same as Alonzo, but like been half of Alonzo, they would have comfortably still been in second place and probably could have finished the season in second. And you, tough, and tough. if you would have had a different driver, a, a an Albon, a Lawson, uh, maybe Sonoda. You got Honda coming in, you know, as the as your engine partner, and to become a works team. I mean, Can you got you. He's got to go. Well, especially when you think, look at the driver situation at Alphatari. And how that could possibly play out. Well, no, here, look with, at look with at the Lawson driver filling in for Danny Rick. And he's just been driving past Danny Rick. Yeah, but what if what if also though Danny Rick's watching this happen and is going, Oh shit. I cannot rest on my smile and my my persona persona yeah. it because no matter how good of a persona i am no team will keep me if i can't 
results. I yeah. can't give the results. And I'm going to, I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not done with F1 yet. Again, you know that he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Again, let me, but you can't, I, I can't help but forget that Lawson, who is an AlphaTauri driver and has been over, over, he's been passed over twice now. Yeah. Has only done three qualifying sessions in his F1 career. Yeah. And the one, the Singapore race, he had never driven before. It's incredible. But what about this? So what if, but that also can even mean Rick's available to take Stroll. Because here's the other thing. You don't get to be a billionaire without actually being a shrewd business guy. And at some point, if Stroll's goal is to be a, uh, a, a world championship battling team, look at the team mashups that you have to go against. Hamilton, Russell, no way even Fernando and almost anybody else. Science Leclerc, Piastri Norris, Verstappen, maybe Ricardo someday again. I mean, you have to just look at the facts that your son, this is his seventh season. He's not a rookie. We're, if there was another gear to go into, we would have seen it by now. And just look at the nuts and bolts facts of the teammate mashups that you're going against. The strict number money ball look at it. It's a points game. It's the reason why science has beaten Leclerc season in, in seasons past and never even won a race. Yeah, who was it that got booted from Consistency Haas? matters more than speed, I think. Who did Hulkenberg replace? For Haas. It's Schumacher. Why? Yeah. And what was the big beef about Schumacher? He was too crashy. Yeah, he's costing the team Cost so damn much money to try and keep his car running. Yeah, but how much money so, are you costing the team if you go from second to fifth yeah. in the constructor's title, too? Yeah. So I mean, we're talking... You know, and you're we, crashing the car and missing races, which is no points. We have Not to remember that, that one position in the uh, in the year-end standings for the constructors is worth tens of millions of dollars of payout in sponsorship and prize. Yeah, money. so it's massive stuff going on here. Yeah, and so. I don't know. Maybe I'm sorry. maybe there's maybe there's some. I know he's your son, but you gotta <laughs> look at the facts, man. Nepotism. I would hope, honestly, that if you were running a team, a baseball team, if you were coaching my little league team, <laughs> and I'm sitting here running to third instead of first, <laughs> and I mean, but like you know, like uh, you know, not even that, but like okay, I'm all right, but there's others out there that you could go and get. Because let's be honest, if you can if you can pull Alonzo away from from Renault. You could you could get Ricardo, you could get Albon, you could get oh yeah, you could get some of these drivers that are particularly Botas, because at least he's gonna he's gonna f be consistent. What yeah. was that? That was the other fact I love with uh, Red Bull not making it into Q three. You know, Red Bull has a hundred and three consecutive Q three oh, yeah. appearances. And and Botas had by himself a hundred and three, or they had one hundred two, and he had one hundred three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a what a sport, man! What a failing that was. But but like, I mean, okay, I know we we should move on from the Aston Martin, but I really think 
this it it's got to be it's it's got to something well when that facility gets finished and it's all put together 24 next year yeah i know we saw what aston martin racing did early in the season and if they have all well and having honda join yeah yeah too yeah because you know honda's not not going to want to come back they don't play play. second fiddle no they they've always been right on up there look at them what they did for red bull you yeah. just got to give them the time and the resources and not. Okay. We also have to talk about, because I think we, I suggested the point and I was talking to one of my buddies, Steven, who I know he listens. So this was Steven's, but our extra point award for best livery for the Singapore Grand Prix has to go to. Williams. I mean, that was. Man. His last bread. I mean. <laughs> best thing since last bread. <laughs> That golf livery, back to the golf, but in a different golf, you know, that was, oh, or that was the Martini beautiful. Rossi. They did the Martini uh, livery back yeah. when Stroll and but, Botas. But when that, Stroll actually got podiums. Oh, what do you do? Uh, Why did we talk so bad about him then? Well, because he hasn't, that was when he was in a Williams and it was. A hundred years ago. Three years ago, yeah. yeah. That was one It was a beautiful great, car. You know, and. It was, it's 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 interesting that golf was they never were a F one sponsor historically in period they were big in Le Mans but it's weird that they've they've taken on this car livery culture for I guess, it's a gas station it's an oil company oh I, yeah yeah but I mean but like it's weird that w- that's kind of weird that how cool I you know I, we think golf is but it's like. There's no like Conoco livery, you know, that we're all like, dang, but did you see that come and go logo? <laughs> Total. That come and go livery this weekend was just bitching, yeah, brother. Man, you know that that puke in a sack gas, man, that is really some great stuff. And the Sinclair Dino was just on fire, dude. Yeah, you know, you have a, you know, the, um, the air intake. Just a big dinosaur head up there with a that, wide open mouth. Yeah, that'd be that'd be better than a battery. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Man, gosh. but it was cool. I just they they really should incentivize that more. It just makes every part God, of the weekend just, better when you have a when I, sweet car to look at. When I was watching practice, I'm going, "What the hell is that? Where yeah. did that come from? Is that a new constructor or something?" It looked it just awesome. gorgeous. I mean, and they're and they're. We 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 said it at the beginning of the season. We, that's still my favorite car. That's oh. still my be- the best looking car on the grid. It just got better. And it got. I, I it mean, just it's got like, better. It just shows that. Oh well. Maybe they should spend less money on their design <laughs> and more in development when start winning championships. Again. Oh, kind of coming on. We'll see. I mean, they they looked really hot, and then they've had a couple mm, bad yeah. runs. But I think I'd like to see what. Uh, what Suzuka is going to be like. I think that's going to, we're going to see a very interesting Suzuka. And hopefully it's, I mean, I'm okay with a little bit of weather, but I don't want like last year's monsoonal. Well, well, between what McLaren has done and apparently is coming, it was described. Alphatari too. It was described as a massive upgrade. You know, here's this race. There could not be, there might not be a Red Bull on the podium. Between, I don't know about between that. That's a now big, listen, we now need listen. To, we need to with, do our prediction with with Mercedes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
and and what McLaren's doing. Could there be it be a, a, a McLaren Mercedes po- uh, podium? Okay, what, well, let's do some predictions. We haven't done predictions in a while. Okay. You wanna? Let's do. We'll do. We'll do intermittent. We won't do all three. We'll do. Okay. You go first for P three. Who do you think is going to be P three? Hamilton. Okay. You say Hamilton P three. I'm gonna go Piastri then. Okay. Based on your Mr. McLaren bubble. Okay, I'll go P two first. P two. P two. P two. I, w- I mean, I want to say Perez. I want to. <laughs> Carlos Sainz. He's gonna. He's just. He's a, he's unstoppable right now. Carlos Sainz. P two. Piastri. Okay. Now you have to go P one. Norris. So wait, yours is Hamilton, Piastri, Norris. You're thinking a, a McLaren lockout front row. Uh-huh. Are we talking qualifying? No, no, no. This is this is a win. Yeah, win. I'm talking. Okay. Norris, Piastri, Hamilton. So one, my two, three. P one, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Max. I think he's gonna. We shall see. He's gonna just. He. It's gonna. It's gonna be eating him alive. I. I. I predict he's gonna come back so strong. That car's. If that car's in the window, I think it might be Perez. I think he might just try too damn hard, and he may not. Finished. The well, race. It could be too aggressive. It could. That's a. That's a very be. interesting point. So. Well, we'll 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 see. I mean, we only have to wait. I mean, practice is tomorrow. I mean, I, mean, I think it practices right practice now. Practice is now. Yeah. So. Um. But so stay tuned to see who of us got it right, and uh, and to just have a really good chat about uh, Suzuka because it's gonna be great. Whatever the Suzuka is, hat be, scene. I mean, we'll just talk about just, hats if any. Oh man. That's the greatest place. And I the mean, drivers love that joint. When you can when when you're when you're on your way to the men's room and you can activate DRS, <laughs> it matters. It, it, it drops your drawers. You know, you're gonna get to the line faster, you can get back to the beer thing yeah, and back to yeah, the race faster. Yeah, so that's right. Shaving countless seconds off of this pit stop. Trip 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 to the crapper. This pit stop. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh yeah. Or in a couple of days. Yeah. Stay groovy, everybody. Bye, baby. Bye.